Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Wings of Transformation Publishing, we are committed to helping our authors reach their goals and pursue their dreams of becoming published authors. We work closely with each author to ensure a successful publishing experience, and we are dedicated to helping them tell their stories in the most meaningful and impactful ways. We look forward to putting you on the path to writing your book. And welcome to the crew podcast. We are the hottest podcast rocking right now. We are currently looking for six amazing hosts to join our family for season two that will kick off February the 1st, 2024. If you're looking for an opportunity to allow your voice, your perspective, and your brand to be heard around the world and seen around the world, then join the crew podcast. Basic Black, After Dark, the all-new podcast show with your host, Black Diamond. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Before we get started, I want to present a a verbal disclaimer for tonight's show. The language that may be used in terms of terminology has been changed out of respect for those who are struggling with drugs, illegal pharmaceuticals, those who were raped, tampered with, and those who had some form of prostitution, a person for hire. This is Black Diamond from the Crew Network, and you're listening to Basic Black After Dark Podcast, the show that meets you where you are and gives you what you ask for. When a tree or plant blossoms, it produces flowers before producing fruit. When people blossom, they become more attractive, successful, or confident. And when good feelings or relationships blossom, they develop and become stronger. Tonight, we are giving our guest her flowers. She is brimming with confidence, and she is unfolding in many ways. Please welcome Blossom Rogers to Basic Black After Dark. 
Hey. <laughs> hey, you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A no, thank you. thank you. Now, first of all, while we're tell you, doing? I love to laugh and have a good time. Even though we're going to be talking about serious stuff, I still love to laugh and have a good time because laughter is good for the soul. So buckle up and get ready because I did some funny things out there. But God. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It's, it's all about you. It's your story and your words. Amen. It takes courage to open up about your past. Well, not your past, your life, because you live in it. How or where did you find the courage to be so transparent? Well, first of all, I give God all the glory and the honor, and I ask that he shows you favor mm -hmm. for being obedient. When I got into your inbox and asked, can I come on your show? Um, I, I tell everybody I'm still a hustle, but I hustle for God, you know? Um mm -hmm. It's a lot of people ask me, do I still get nervous? Yes, I still get nervous, but I got to do what thus said the Lord. You know, this is not about me. I didn't go through all of this for myself. I went through it so I'll be able to help somebody else. Is it easy? No, it's not. Because you know what? Everybody's not on the same level. And I don't mean age-wise. I mean mental-wise. You understand me? Because you I have people that try to throw my past up uh, or, or say little smart things, you know, but I want people to know that uh, are they laughing with you or at you, you know? So uh, exactly. God has blessed me. I am the author of four books from Under Bridge One, from Under We're Bridge We're going to get to those too. We're going to definitely get to those. Latanya says, absolutely, I love laughter. Who doesn't, to tell you the truth, who really doesn't? Blossom, at what age did you start using illegal pharmaceuticals? Was that, um, around, the same, was that around the same time that you were tampered with? And what was your choice of pharmaceuticals when you began? I was 23. Well, no, let me take that back. I was age of five when I started drinking. My great-grandmother raised me, and she was raised that if a child has wingworms, you give them beer. You know how some children fall in love with a horse on a merry-go-round or parade? I fell in love with a horse on a can of Coke 45, okay? So that, that was my first time. But the first time using um, crack cocaine, I was 23 years old. Okay. And... I tell everybody, I don't want nobody to take this wrong, but I enjoyed everything I was doing out there. You know, you have some people say, I didn't like it. I'm originally from Florida, so our stuff came off the boat, you know, close to Miami. We have to remember, if I can't be real with Blossom, then I can't be real with nobody that's on this show tonight. Um, well, we're going to get to a lot, a lot of that uh, uh, as far as how you were out there and, and, and everything. We're going to definitely cover all of that. What was the most difficult part of your journey to recovery? Forgiving myself for being an unfit mother. Mm. Um, because I, I felt like, and no, not felt like I did. I put drugs, alcohol, men, women before my kids. I can't never, I, ne I can never get that back. So that's a, a process. You know, I had to let God work with them kids and he's still working with my sons. You know, um, you know, there's no book on a perfect parent because if, if Adam and Eve's family was jacked up, I was going to be jacked up. <laughs> One thing I could do is uh, do something to lead them for a, a future. I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire, but I just don't want to leave them money. I want to leave them wisdom as well. Just because I started here. This is where my mama ended up at. You know what I'm saying? So that that I think that was the the hardest. So another 23 year old, you happen to see, going down the, the same path that you were going down. What advice would you give them? They're struggling, and maybe they have children, maybe they don't. Maybe they're pregnant. What advice would you give them? I would let them know that we all fall short. Um, because I got pregnant at an early age, but you got to remember too that um. I was raised up, whatever happens in the house stays in the house, but we're just as sick as our secrets, okay? Um, I got pregnant on purpose because I was thinking that the boy was going to take me away from what I was going through at home. But I just want to let somebody know that your life is not, it's not over. It's, it's not over. It's a process. You're going to feel shamed. People are going to talk about you. But like I said, you just got to keep pressing on. I'm learning that now, still, still 
it's it's a process. You just don't get over it overnight. Well, every day is a learning experience for every everyone. You no know, matter what we go through, right? You know, it, it doesn't matter whether some people may consider you on the right path, but you're still learning. Right. Going down that path, so no matter where you go, they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna be learning. No matter what you do, people are going to talk about you. They talk about Jesus Christ every day. Yeah. You know, um, they they talk about everybody, and it's right. all in the news about this person, that person. You know, if I'm worth your time, you sitting there talking about me, keep talking about me. I don't care whether it's negative or positive or indifferent. I'm good. You know, I only have one person that I have to answer to, and I don't think you're him. And when it comes to that, being him, and he taps me on my shoulder, I'm going to stand up straight and say, hey. Yeah. Well, he so scrapes me on my thighs. You know, he, he had to hit my thigh. Get, I get right back in order. You know, that's why I love God. So because, because of his grace and mercy, I shouldn't even be sitting here. You know what I'm saying? Because all the drugs I smoked. And all well, the things I, I did. About. I definitely want to know what are some of the things that help you stay clean? Because when I look in the mirror, I'm looking at somebody, not something. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't want to, I tell people I do not want to die and not have lived. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want, because you have so many people saying, I, I'm fit to do this. I, I, I'm fit. First of all, how you spell fit? No, either you're going to do it or you're not. You know what I'm saying? Even when I was out there on drugs. I couldn't be around people saying, I'm going to go get us a hit. You should have been back on your way back. Sometimes I move so fast because I, I I feel like I wasted a lot of time. But no time has been wasted because God going to give me all that back. Because 19 years on drugs is a long time. But I, by, by the grace of God, I got 19 years clean. So it, it's, it's a process. Uh, June the 4th, 2024, God's will, I have 20 years clean. No crack, no alcohol. So how, is it, how has your life changed since you made that change? Uh, people are glad to see me now. You know how you, you look out the blind? Oh, here come Mary. When I was on drugs, they would look out the blind and say, oh, here come Blossom. They would pick their whole house up and move because I was, a, I, was <laughs> I told you I had some funny stuff for you. <laughs> I was a mean crackhead and a mean alcoholic i always was fighting always was fighting I wouldn't say you know i don't i don't know you from that time or anything but i I, don't, I wouldn't say that you were mean i would think that you were different than who they may have known you to be so they it, it, no it, i was, it, was mean i, I, I was mean i, I mean see, that's you because you're different now and you're looking back at that you know i i can see a little boy and say he's a mean little boy because he did certain things he's just a different little boy than the next one and if you were taking those substances or, or illegal pharmaceuticals, which I like to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, illegal. then you were different than maybe somebody else was taking it, taking it, and your attitude was different, your disposition was different. You know, I, I don't, you know. I, no, I had to really do a lot of working on and allowing, in order to uh, heal, you're going to have to hurt. Mm. That's why we do the drugs, because we don't want to feel the hurt. It's always a reason to why we getting high. You know, we just didn't wake up saying, I want to smoke dope for 19 years. I want to go into the military. But due to uh, the molestation I was going through, it's two M words that African Americans don't like to talk about. And that's molestation and mental illness. So, you know, I've, I've been through all of that. Been in a uh, mental hospital, in a rubber room, in there for three days, and didn't even know where I was at due to alcohol poisoning. And just do just had been up for like two weeks getting high and drunk. Um, and then with the molestation, uh, we, like I said, we're just as sick as our secrets. And for anybody who's been through that, it's a process. And I want you to know that it wasn't our fault. We were the children. Back when I was coming up, you didn't tell a grown-up, I'm not doing that or I'm going to tell. No, we, we couldn't do that. We, we couldn't do that because you can live... My great-grandma used to say, you can live in a glass house and people can pass all by. Nobody will ever know what's going on unless you go out that glass house and tell it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, because mom was coming up, you didn't, you didn't give mama food out. You didn't tell none of her business. Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. And so many uh, little girls and so many little boys went through molestation due to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you see uh, somebody that said, had because I had to be delivered from a homosexual lifestyle because by me going through the molestation and going through rape, I, I 
thought at that time that that's what I wanted. But for Blossom, that's not the choice that she wants now. Okay, so I'm not knocking nobody. It's a it's a process. It's it's something mentally that you're gonna have to go through in order to heal. You're gonna have to hurt if that makes sense. I didn't want to talk about yeah. I I didn't want to talk about. 19 years ago, I used to couldn't sit and talk face to face with anybody about what I went through because it always made me feel nasty. It always made me feel like it was my fault because that's what I was taught. It was my fault. You know what I'm saying? So when you're taught as a young child, when your childhood is tucking from you, you don't know where you fit in. That's why I became a people pleaser because it and, and I was the class clown. You know, my teachers used to always say, Blossom, you're talking too much. If I made you happy and made you laugh, that made me feel good. So that's why I became a puppet for everybody. If, you know, if you was mad with me, I was I was bent over backwards trying to see what can I do to make it up because of what I went through as a child. So what is your what is the biggest misconception of substance use that you would like to clear up? Because there's a whole bunch that's going on and people it, believe in different things. What is the biggest, the one biggest thing that you would want to clear up? It, it now it, it can be um, passed out in your genes, okay? But nobody wants to be on drugs. That that's that's I want to put that out there. Just because you see people out there on the corners and everything, and you know how sometimes you can hear them singing gospel songs and all that because they they got so much hurt inside. Right. Nobody wants to be because you know you have people saying you can get off of drugs if you wanted to. You could do this. How do you know? You, how do you know? You know, we unless you have, I still have the clothes I had on the night that God called me out the crack house. Shirt, shoes, purse, one pair of underwear. And I don't know what else I had on at the bottom. It might have been in one of them nights. But I, I tell people, if you can't wear my shoes mentally or physically, there's nothing you can tell me. You know, I have people tell me when I was in prison, oh, you, my brother died. And I was his biggest sister no matter what I did or went through. I still was his sister B because that's my nickname back, back home. But nobody wants to be on drugs. And so that's mm-hmm. what I want to put out there. It's a process. It's always a route to why we get high, why we drinking. What is it? It certainly is. Yeah, so it that's that's the biggest thing. That Because, you know, you have people say they can get off of if they want to. Yeah, they say the same thing about people that's big, heavyset people. They'll say the same thing. Oh, they, you can lose weight if you want to. Latanya says, I can definitely relate to people pleasing. And, and yeah, that, that, that has happened to, to several people. One of the questions I want to ask you, everyone's healing journey is different. And a part of your journey was being tampered with as a child. Do you believe your childhood shaped your adulthood? Yeah, I, I do. But it, I had to be rerouted, if that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I was so fine-tuned this way. So then I had to learn how to be unwind this way. And what I mean by that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that, because I used to think that if a man didn't, I don't think like this now, but I used to think that if a man didn't beat you, he didn't love you. I went through many beatings, and I thought that's what love was. So I was over here with that winding. So through therapy, first of all, through God, unwinding no that's not true you can't raise a, a grown-up a man does not have the right to beat on a woman well and, and women don't have the right to beat on a man because women mm-hmm. are beating me now you understand me so it's a process going um, unwinding unwinding and i'll do this to the day god calls me home you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. i tell everybody i'd rather get a, a lick than a word and what i mean by that it depends on who hit you? You might have a black eye for two, two weeks. I've had it for three weeks. But a word will stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So oh that's God. why we have to be careful of what we say. Words because I still, I still remember things that were said to me as a child when the touching and all that was going on. But God has taught me, even though the image brings it back up, <laughs> God has taught me that I don't have to go and get high behind it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I don't have to go drink behind it. I, I don't have to get into a relationship where a man is beating me behind it. It's still, it's still a process, but you got to go back to that rewind 
you got to go back to that so that's that's where i'm at right now and but each time god allows me to get on different platforms it's more and more healing because you right. can sit in a room dark room you can sit be confined to this and you still have that negative thinking you know what i'm saying so you have to renew your mind so when when god my mind now is telling my story so nobody else won't have to go through or come out of what i've been through because it's not you were chosen to do yeah. what you're doing the tanya says that physical physical bruises heal but words never do mm-hmm. now it's not a rumor because you mentioned it um, a little earlier um, that you once like everything about being a substance user. What about substance use was so appealing to you that made you euphoric? The first time I hit, it was a different kind of, that's what we chase. You know, like your first love, your very first boyfriend, I don't care if he was in kindergarten with you, you'll always remember little Jimmy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, even with your first love when you become a teenager and what my problem was I, I when I took that first hit it was like all my problems were over with I, I can't explain it but it's a, it's a feeling that we'll never have again and the sad part is we know that we know it's, it's like a dog trying to catch his tail some we'll people say that it's a, it's a. people say that it's like a numbing feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, I, I can't explain it. Um, it was just like well, now the first time I took a hit, I started hyperventilating. So the guy that was uh, that was teaching me because I wanted to fit into his world, he had started beating me and taking my money. I said, well, if I can't beat him, I might as well join him. Because see, there it go with that people pleasing situation. I didn't know where I belonged. So. He was beating me, making love, make up, beating me. And then when I realized that he was trying, and let me say this, we cannot change nobody. It's, we could barely change ourselves. So when I found out that he was smoking crack, I'm like, oh, I can love him so hard. He'll stop. No, I end up going to his world. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the very first time I took the hit, I started hyperventilating. And once he started putting the water in my face. I started coming, you know, started breathing normal. First thing I said, let me try it again. I'll get it right this time. You see what I'm saying? That's oh, the wow. sick part. But that's the process that I had to go through because I didn't know that you don't have to please nobody. But God, I I, I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So that very first time, it was off to the races. Off to mm-hmm. the races. So what was the turning point in your life that made you say, okay, I had enough? I need to pull myself together. I had been to, to prison. Prison number is 589931. I had that number for the rest of my life. It's just not a functional number. When I went to prison, we was chopping trees. One girl on one side, one on the other. I had been to jail. I had been to mental hospital. My mom and my great-grandmother, I thank them so much because they raised my sons. I have three sons, 13 grandbabies, and three great-grandchildren. Mm. All that didn't stop me from wanting to get high. My rock bottom was, it was one night in a, in a crack house. I had been up for like two weeks straight. Was the driver of the getaway car while they was robbing stores. I mean, I did some things out there that a woman should not be out there doing. But because of the drug and because I had to got so down and then sleeping up under a bridge, you know. Yeah, I had a car, but I would get out of the front seat and get in the back seat and I slept peacefully. I didn't get in trouble until I got in the front seat and went to West Side. And this was an area where it was open 24-7. So it was people out there all the time. That didn't stop me. Many times crying because I was either on drugs or I didn't have no drugs. That didn't stop me. What stopped me was sitting in a crack. I had, well, I was facing prison time. <coughs> um, God, I, I walked there scot-free. It was nobody God. And I joined the church. And I, I remember the first time being in church and everybody was so happy. The Holy Ghost was flowing. I didn't know what it was at the time, but everybody just seemed so light and so happy. And I desired that because I was so it was happy. another kind of feeling. It right. was another strange feeling. And it was it was another drug. Right. To tell you the truth, that was another drug, but it was more powerful than what you were already on. And right. it just seemed to be. Okay. But mm-hmm. Still, still trying to find love in all the wrong places. I backslid over this man, 
And so that made it seven times worse and harder. So this one time I was out there for like two weeks driving the car. I was just, I was so tired. I didn't, you know what? I didn't like water and water didn't like me. You used to smell me coming. I looked like tails from the crib and smelled like hot buttermilk. People did not want to be around me because I was, I was nasty. You know what I'm saying? I was just darn right nasty. So I was sitting in the crack house in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I had my purse and a piece of paper and a pencil in that purse, and I started writing God a letter. And you know you have people ask you the dumbest question, girl, you was smoking crack, talking to God? He already knew where I was. If you waited for the woman at the well, he was waiting for me. He said, I know she's going to go over there and do this. I know she's going to go over there and do that, but I'm going to sit right here to wait for her because she's going to come in, and I got to be here waiting on her. So I was writing, and the young lady house that where I was in, she came in the kitchen to um, check on me because I had separated myself from everybody because they was all in there getting high. But I wanted to be by myself. I wanted I wanted that feeling that I had when I walked into that church. Wow. So I was in there right and she came to see, check on me and she gave me another hit of crack. And I told her, I said, next time you see me, I'll be clean and sober. And she laughed. Remember, there's two kinds of laughter. Are they laughing with you or at you? And she was laughing at me at night because she didn't believe me. Half of I did. Part of me didn't, but part of me did believe that this was the last time. So I ended up writing that last line. I put the purse on my shoulder, put the paper and pencil in there. And I got in my car and I checked myself into the mental hospital. And I begged them. I said, please, don't let me go until you find Because I, I I, knew I was going to die, if that makes it. I knew somebody was going to kill me or I was going to kill them. That's how bad it had got. I remember one time... Because I had a guy to leave me for another guy. Because all this is in the book. And I remember getting high that one night. And I remember putting on all black. And I remember going and, and sitting in the in the bushes waiting for this guy to come home. Because I was going to cut his throat. That's how bad I had got out there. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me. But I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, I don't know how long I had been out there, but my whole mentality was to kill him because he had took my man. And when the guy did pull up, I jumped out with my switchblade. And I started him, but when he saw who I was, he said, Blossom. And it was like it just stopped me from doing what I was going to come to do. So we started drinking. I started crying and just telling him how I was upset because he took my man. You know, so I didn't want to go through that no more. I, I was so, I was just, I wanted something out of life. I, I knew it was something more than getting high, going to prison, going to, I knew it was more to that. I knew it. So, like I say, God bless me to, be in that crack house. Well, and and not, even up under the bridge didn't want me, I didn't want to stop. But being in that crack house and writing that letter, that was my wake up call. So right before there. we go, before we take this break, I want to ask you, do you still have that letter? Nope, but I got the purse and uh, I don't know what happened to the letter. I wish I did. And I still wish that I could get uh, the car. The um, It was a 1993 uh, dynasty. But uh, them are the two things that I don't have left from when I was out there on drugs. That letter and that car. But everything else I got. Well, we're going to take a break. But before we do, Latanya says God is so amazing. He definitely meets us where we are. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be coming back here talking to Blossom Rogers. Turn off the lights 
having a conversation from under a bridge with Blossom Rogers. Blossom, some might say you've lived several completely different lives with very sharp twists and turns and changes. What have you learned along the way and how has it influenced who you are today? That you've got to depend on God. You have a lot of people that say, I'll be there for you. You can't trust that. Uh, when it comes to my recovery, I don't play with my recovery at all. And I'm not going to let nobody else play with it. Because uh, uh, when I go home, I don't go into them dope holes trying to be captain safe. No, I'll meet you outside and we'll talk and pray. Because I've done that kind of stuff before. And I always end it at the table with my elbows on the table with a stem in my mouth. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our recovery, we have to be selfish when it comes to that. Because mm-hmm. if I don't stay clean and sober, I'm not going to be no good to myself or nobody else. I've had several relapses over and over. And yeah, relapses are part of recovery, but it don't have to be that today. Um, okay. Like I said, I don't want to die and have not lived. I, I, I don't. My my dad, he's dead and gone now, but my dad used to be in the band Sly and the Family. And my dad and I, we used to get high together mm-hmm. and drink. But we had, a, we had a bond. And he was, I would watch him sit there like he was playing a bass guitar. And I was like, face what you're doing and that's what he told me about everything he went through i don't know what happened to stop him fulfilling his dream but i don't want to end up like my daddy i now my daddy was my we was down like four flat tires but i don't want to die like that you know what i'm saying um i want to leave a legacy you know god bless me uh this past february in my hometown um they purchased mary bethune's original house in in cleaned up the park and put the house inside the park across the street is a uh, miss mary harrell black heritage museum so five of the women and myself now this is the same hometown people where i got double team people used to hate to see me coming but when my grandchildren and my great grand my great grand when they go through this museum they're gonna see their grandmama on the wall you know what i'm saying so not no, no prison picture but a grandma's picture on the wall. So okay. I, I want to leave stuff, I want to leave stuff like that. You know, uh, when they called me and said that I was one of the ones that they wanted to, I was like, who? <laughs> so, and so I broke down crying because people told me, and I told myself, and the enemy had me thinking I was going to die a crackhead. I was going to die with AIDS. And y'all, I, back in them days, I, I was selling for that. I don't want to die like that. I don't want to die just a number. You know what I'm saying? Like I lost a lot of friends out there that did the same thing I was doing. I used to run in front of a train, either running or in a car. One my one of my friends did it one time and got drugged by the the, the, the train. I've right. had people that smoke dope. Mine just gone. You know, I was smoking five, six hundred dollars a day or more. You know what I'm saying? I I, I smoked dope. I didn't play with it. The well, more the Bible- the Bible teaches that unselfish love is the basis for true forgiveness, since it keeps no record of wrongs, 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. Forgiving others mean letting go of resentment and giving up any claim of compensation for the hurt or loss we have suffered. And that's something that you spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. Were you hoping for compensation for the hurt you may have caused others or mm-hmm. were you looking for forgiveness? I was working for forgiveness, but... Also, with my abuser, God had to teach me how to forgive him. 
Because let me tell you one thing. Hurt people hurt people. Mm. Not taking up for anybody who does something against a child. But something had to have happened to them in order for them to inflict it on somebody. Because you just don't wake up saying, I want to molest a child. Just like I didn't wake up saying, I want to smoke crack. So God had to teach me. Love him to death. Love him to death. Wish him all the best. But the forgiveness is for us. Because... And then God had to teach me how to forgive myself for the, some things I did out there. Because some of the stuff I didn't put in the book because everybody can't handle the truth. But one thing well, about it. Tell me about your forgiveness. Were you expecting forgiveness from your family and friends or were you just were you expecting pushback? I was expecting pushback. I, I, and you know what? To this day, like some, I still have some family members that call my book the book. Some people still don't want to accept it. But one thing I do know Anything that we do for the Lord, it's gonna last, you know. And I and I used to try to defend and prove, you know, I, like I was in the middle of the road. He did this, so just trying to defend and prove. But God had to teach me. As long as God know, I know, and He know, that's all that matters. So that's why God allows me to be able to go on these different platforms and tell the same story the same way. If I need to add, a, I don't, I don't subtract nothing. I'm not gonna put something on somebody. That it didn't happen because no whatever we sow we shall reap you understand me so i just so what is the basis what is the basis for truly forgiving yourself and handing your life over to god being able to tell my story um if you haven't forgiven yourself you don't want to talk about nothing you want you still just want to keep it buried down and that means you haven't worked on your issue you know what I'm saying you got to work on it's a it's a process we're not going to get it overnight You've got to work on it because, it, and it's just not with addiction. You, it could be food, it, it could be verbal abuse, uh, physical abuse. But we, you know, we have to realize that we were put here on this earth for a reason and for a short and, period of time. Yeah, you know, and when we stand, and when we stand before Him, we're going to be accountable. Like when it came to the book, half of me I was so happy, and then the other part I was scared. Because I hadn't told the family secret, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but when it's when I stand before the Lord, He's not gonna want to hear. They was gonna be mad with me. You do what I tell you to do. He'll He'll take care of everything else. I know they're happy. I know they're proud of me. But some of them just can't. Some of them just can't. Um, some people are not there yet. Right. They're not at accepting. But I maybe know they're part in a lot of this, and not to right. do this. But they may feel guilt that right. I, I, I saw the signs, but I didn't do anything. Right. Or the, right. Way, maybe the way I treated her. You know, people Thank envision you. things differently. People envision God in many ways. And I, and I know there's only one God. Tell me something about the God you've come to know through your journey. Woo. I'm sitting here in my right mind. I'm sitting here in my right mind. Because all the dope I smoke. I should be in a nursing home somewhere with a beard around my throat and wearing a diaper. You understand me? That's where I should be. I should be dead because of all the things I did out there, being involved with somebody who was HIV that never told me. But by the grace of God, I'm sitting here. I don't have AIDS nor HIV. Now, unfortunately, the young man died seven years ago. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the God that I serve. You know, I have people that say, your immune system. They always want to put things to science. No, that was the blood of Jesus that covered me. You understand me? Mm -hmm. So I, I let people know. We we think we know God. We think we know all his moves. We don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. I'm sitting here in my right mind. Even after being clean and sober, when I moved here to Alabama, I was married. We still going to have life issues. Okay? I was married. I'm divorced now due to love. And people say, love? This is my second husband. Yeah, because he loved talking to other women and brought another woman in my home. See, I was the kind of crackhead that got high for bird got hit. Bird dead. Let's go get high. I, ain't need, I just wanted to get high. But when that woman called me and told me she had been in my home, I had to stop and think. Because the old blossom, I set the whole house on fire and went on the next thing smoking, trying to get up out of town. But I had to cry. I remember walking around in the house crying out to the lord because i had the most seasoned saints you know the mothers and stuff in the church uh sister flip flop and sister knock knock telling me to stay with this man when i was on drug I, I i felt like i had to stay with somebody like that so we ended up getting a divorce but i didn't go back to getting high 
first time buying a home, I lost at the foreclosure, but I didn't go back to getting high. Brand new car was repoed, but I didn't go back to getting high. So I'm sitting here today, 19 years clean. But my, my dad died, with, who was my best friend. God had anointed me because I'm a minister of the gospel. He anointed me to go home and, and, and eulogize his funeral because of God. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, we still going to have, like, because God is allowing me and teaching me how to work on myself. Because if I had not been dealing with stuff that I had done and things that were done to me, I'd be back out there smoking dope. You know, so, so it's a process. That's the God I know. That's the God that allows me to work at the University of Alabama in research. Who would have thought that I'd be walking and, and working in with people that got their PhD? God knew that's where you're going to be. He knew yeah. that's where you're going to be. So you don't sit back and say, who would have thought? He thought. Right. He's just waiting for you to understand that's where he wanted to take you. Now, you had mentioned earlier about some family, just call your book The Book. Were there any challenges, any other challenges with writing from Under a Bridge, book one and two? And which one did you find harder to write? Um, uh, book two. Book two. Because um, and I really couldn't put everything in there because, like I said, everybody couldn't handle everything. You know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. could be in number three, book number three. You know what I'm saying? Um, but book number two, especially the part where I talk about my brother when he died while I was in prison, I, I choked up and, and I was in the young lady who was helping me because she would type while I spoke. And my book is the way that you hear me speaking is the way my book reads, because you got to read, you got to meet people where they're at, you know? So, so the people that God had me de uh, dealing with, they, they're the ones with the tattoos and the piercings. I can't go out there in them traps with a sequence dress on and high heel shoes because they're not going to receive me. Right. So book number two was where the part I had to get real and tell them about Blossom. You know what I'm saying? Um, how I was in orgies and threesomes and dope and, and, and men and women and stealing and, and all that. I really had to get real about Blossom. Um, wow. It seems like you just you did what you had to do. What is the meaning behind your book titled and they laugh the book title is because i slept on a bridge in the back seat of my car so that's where and they laugh came from and they laughed because i had somebody laugh at me i was going through something and they and they they did like that <laughs> and that was the title of my book they're gonna laugh at you regardless what kind mm. of laugh are you dealing with i was so used to people saying little little joke girl what it, what it feel like smoking crack i'm i want to lose some weight no i'm just playing People don't, wow. nobody can't bring nothing out of you that's not already in you. So we don't have to put up with these dumbless things that we saying at us. Don't, don't let nobody belittle you. Don't let nobody make you feel bad. If you did it, you did it. If you didn't do it, you didn't do it. You know, that's, that's me. I did a lot of things like that, but nobody's not going to make me say I did something that I didn't do. Um, you spoke about your past and of the things that were not so good. Tell me about the things that you're doing that are good. Being able to have a relationship with my sons, my grandbabies, um, and my great grands. You know, I FaceTime with them, and when they look into the screen, I said, "You, you know who this is?" They said, "Yes, Grandma." You know, uh, I wasn't there for my sons. You know, what I'm saying my mother and my great grandmother raised them, so I was an unfit mother. That was I, I was when I started dealing with that. Hearing one of my sons when he did see me, he said, "Oh, Mama." He was about three or four years old, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't have time for them. I wanted to get high. And I had to I had to face that, you know what I'm saying? But God allowed me, when I got a year clean, I called each one of them and I apologized for everything I had said and done. Now, I don't never say I'm sorry. Don't nobody ever say you're sorry because there's nothing sorry about you and God was not sorry when he made you. I apologize or please forgive me. And I used to think that they post a accept me just like that. it took some years it took about it took some years for them to stop looking at me sideways because i was a pop-up mama one minute i'm here next minute i'm gone so it took them some years and i don't force my kids to be on my side so what do they think about your book i don't you know what we've never talked about it i don't push it on them 
because like I said, you know, grandma raised them. So I don't, I don't, I would mm-hmm. like my documentary came out last month. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And, yeah. By the grace of God, it came out, hit Atlanta. And uh, when I tell you, it was truly a blessing working with this team, Tamela Coleman and Mr. Daryl Hurst. It was truly a blessing. It's God, them two, and myself. That's the team. And we we worked on it for a whole year. And when I seen it, I had seen parts of it, but at the actual filming, I broke down crime because reality. Because I'm like I said, it's my life story is gonna be a book. I mean a movie. So is it something that I can see? Your documentary. Your documentary, is it something that I can I can tune into to see it, or is it just... Right right now, we're getting ready to schedule another screening, and then she just entered it into uh, a film festival in Los Angeles. And uh, she's been talking with a couple of... Well, I had a uh, network to reach to reach me out to me uh, Monday or Tuesday. No, last Thursday. And they want to put it on their network. So that's what we're in the process with that, but I'll keep posted. But What's the title like said, of it? I um from under a bridge huh. from under bridge, so like I said, uh, just being that we, if everything was shot in Atlanta, um, and when we went up under the bridge right next to uh Six Flags, it's a bridge, and we did some see a scene up under there, and it was just like I that. yeah, I saw a it, picture of you with with it, the team there, and you were sitting there, you looked so, I don't want to say relaxed, but you looked like everything started coming together for you, yeah. Yeah, I'll send you the clip so you, you can check it out. It, it's truly a blessing. You know, you 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 know, it's, it you see it for other people. When I realized, I said, "This is my story." You know what I'm saying? I'm the one that they said was gonna die, crackhead. I'm the one that was up on the bridge. I'm the one, fifty-eight, ninety-nine, thirty-one. That's me up there on the screen. And when it finished airing and was getting ready for uh, the Q and A, I just broke down crying. I mean. Because that's something that nobody could ever take away from me. Even when God bless me, I've gotten a lead, the lead part in this upcoming field. We got to go back on the set to finish it. But they called me one night, and I didn't even have the audition for the part. God showed me favor. You know oh, wow. what I'm saying? So the name of the film that um, I'm playing in is called the Grandmother's Faith, and I play Miss Maybelline Johnson. So, and I had never read a script a day of my life. I thought they was joking with me when they got. Contact with me, and so when they was like, Miss Blossom, you're gonna get paid for it, so you know, automatically I sat up, I wouldn't know what was going on, but uh, it was truly a blessing. It was being filmed out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, and it was truly a blessing being on the set, you know, with some long hours. But being out there, nobody could ever take that away from me, you know, even when you forgot your line, you just stay in position, you say, Feed me, and they fed the line. So when I seen, and you know, when you're there, you're like, This ain't gonna. How this gonna be a movie? But when they started showing, I said, "This is really gonna be a movie." So I'm excited about that for us to get back on the set to finish that. So these are the kind of things that God is allowing me to do. Can nobody take this from me? You know, God bless me. I'm the author of four books from Under Bridge One, Two, and they laugh and when they laugh because they're gonna laugh at you. But when they laugh, are you gonna meal do or, or or barbecue? I, I I want something out of life. You know what I'm saying, me? So, so, so what, what was the profound connection you made with people having a substance use disorder and, and how can you support loved ones who are struggling with substance use? Stop telling them to hush their mouth. Let them, let them people talk. You know, you know how many people, older people are still taking, talking their secrets that they were molested and they in their seventies and eighties. That's a long time to hold on to a secret because they could not talk about you. Look at all the pastors that are being revealed now because they had not dealt with their issues. You know what I'm saying? If you don't deal with your issues, your issues will deal with you. You understand me? I, now, I maybe didn't sexually or physically abuse my children, but mentally I put them boys through a lot because I was not there for them. Them boys did. A boy's first girlfriend is they, his mama. That's their first love, okay? My boys didn't want to see their mama out there, and my boys didn't want to hear about their mama. You know what I'm saying? So for a long time, they was mad with me because I was not there for them kids. You know what I'm saying? So I don't try, like I said, when, when it comes to the book, I don't make them say, you better support me. I don't do that. 
because God can put it in that so smooth, smooth like butter, melt butter. You understand me? When you try to force something, if it's a if it's a triangle and you're trying to put a circle in there, it's not gonna fit. But when we let God do what He need to do, it'll fit just like a glove in hand. So that's what that's, we got to let people. If they say this happened, ask God to reveal to you that you can understand and and be able to receive. Because now I'm not going to say everybody is telling the truth. I'm not saying that. But if they look at you eye to eye and say, this is what happened to me. He did such and such. She did such and such. And then sometimes some people, they can't handle it because when it's a generational curse passed down, if they haven't dealt with their issue, they can't help you with your issue. You understand? Mm-hmm. How can I help somebody if I ain't never been to prison? Oh, I, oh yeah, I know how you feel. People can have empathy, but they can't have sympathy. You understand me? So let people be relieved from the pain and the hurt of shame, you know, because all that comes with that with molestation. You know what I'm saying? This is in her words. I thank you so much. How can people connect with you? How can our listeners and viewers connect with you? Uh, They can hit me up on Facebook, Blossom Rogers, Instagram, Blossom Rogers. Phone number is 305-753-8164. Or send me an email, B-L-O-S, the number two, white at yahoo.com. And if it's anything if I can you do to someone, help anybody, please call me. And I believe that. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance use, there are many resources available to help. You can start by visiting the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, SAMHSA, the National Helpline, mm-hmm. a free, confidential, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-days-a-year treatment, referral, and information service for individuals and families facing mental and or substance use disorders. You can reach the helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357 or Facebook, Twitter, the Samsa blog or YouTube. Blossom, you are a treasure to talk Amen. with. Thank you. God be glory. Thank God you so glory. much for being transparent and for being you. Amen. I want to thank the listeners and followers of the Crew Podcast Network and Basic Black After Dark for a wonderful year. This is the part where I ask you to join me for the next episode of Basic Black After Dark. But instead, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of Basic Black After Dark in 2024. And you are also invited to join me along with the crew podcast family right here at 8 p.m. on December 31st. Stay safe and blessed and have a happy new year.